Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hi, folks. It's Rick Wilson. And welcome to The Daily Beast's The New Abnormal. Hi, I'm Molly Jongfast, a left-wing pundit and editor-at-large at The Daily Beast. I'm also an editor at The Daily Beast, a former Republican political strategist, best-selling author, and full-time troublemaker. We're here to have fun, sharp conversations with some of the smartest people in media, politics, business, and science that help make what's happening in the country and the world clearer. I'll try to keep Rick to the minimum number of F-bombs and try to keep our kids, pets, and other wildlife sounds from invading our respective bunkers. Rick Wilson, yesterday we had a coup. A little bit of a coup. A wee little coup, a, a petite coup, if you will. Yes, a coup, a coup of the stupid. And uh, they got in there, they took selfies, they didn't do, weren't able to do anything. Well, look, I don't want to minimize it. These people at the orders of Donald Trump and at the encouragement of Donald Trump's sedition caucus inside the Senate and the House attacked the legislative seat of government in this country. They attacked it not for a political outcome, but to try to burn down our political system. And they attacked those buildings and they attacked the people guarding those buildings. And if they'd been able to find them, they would have attacked the members of Congress. Yeah. They came in to the Capitol grounds with things like pipe bombs and Molotov cocktails and handcuffs and, and zip ties and guns and police batons. And and let and me tell you something. Automatic weapons. They weren't automatic they weapons. Automatic? No, they're not. What's they the weren't automatic. <laughs> they were semi-automatic. But it, it, it's, it's a distinction without a difference. All right, go. You're just trying to rile me up on the, on the I know, auto I know, semi-automatic. I know. Someday, Molly John Fast, I will take you to the gun range, and you will and you will learn the, the what the meaning of rock and roll is when you fire a cyclic <laughs> weapon. Oh, Jesus. All right, continue. Y'all, just, continue. Just, just by the way, there's going to be a special extra, extra Beast Inside members <laughs> where Molly Jung Fast will be firing a 50 caliber machine gun wearing an American flag. <laughs> <laughs> the entry level on that is $100,000. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I go on. Can't wait till Molly gives away those profits to every town and Michael Bloomberg for all his uh, great work with guns. Oh, Jesus. So yesterday, they tried a coup. It didn't work. But it did show us that we're in a lot of trouble. I think that's fair to say. Right. We're in deep shit. And and let's be really, really, really direct here. Our capital has been attacked before. It was the target of an attack, unsuccessful, thank God, on 9-11 with Flight 93, where the members of that flight overcame the hijackers, and crashed the plane into a field in Pennsylvania. It has been bombed over the years by Puerto Rican separatists, by various nutcases, by assorted mentally deranged individuals, by anarchists. It was under attack in the Civil War. We were were within hours in the Civil War of Washington being sacked at one point. It was attacked in 1814 during the War of 1812 and burned. It has survived all these things. But in each one of those examples, the attackers were from the outside. In each one of those examples, the attackers 
were not American citizens who hold the highest office in the land, encouraging their followers to attack our government. And, you know, the word sedition is sadly underused in this country, but everyone's heard it again the last few days because it's true. There is a caucus of seditious, treasonous people who currently are, are in office in the U.S. Senate and in the House who conspired with Donald Trump to promote his desire to overthrow our election. Yesterday, they took action in the, I think, the first phase of their actions in order to try to sustain and delay uh, the end of Donald Trump's presidency. Right. And they marched and and it was speaker. It started off with a stop the steal rally. Right. If the federal government is not right now pursuing that motherfucker Roger Stone and Ali Alexander Akbar, whatever the fuck his name is now, and the rest of the organizers of the Stop the Steel rally, which pre-printed shirts that said MAGA Civil War, January 6, 2020, if they're not pursuing those people as, as the lead conspirators in an attempt to overthrow the United States government, I don't know what the fuck they do, they do for a living, because that's what these people did. And they, they organized this, they planned this. This is not some random occurrence that just happened to bubble up because Donald Trump made one speech. There were logistics, there was planning, there were maps. There were people who had who had organized themselves into various units in this thing. There were there were people who designated rally points for the groups to meet at um, before they went in and charged the building. And more than that, Trump said when he was speaking, "Let's march up to the Capitol." You know that he said for weeks and weeks and weeks that this would be the day. I mean, there was so much encouragement. And then yeah. you had Rudy Giuliani saying a similar thing. I mean, and then you had Don Jr. with the expletives. I mean, they, these people were not coming up with this themselves. I'm so fucking offended he fucking used expletives, though. <laughs> that <laughs> that low-life, snake-bellied, dickweed, cocksucker, peckerer. Oh, God. You know how many expletives you have to, you, you know, he had to use for Fox News to just drop the feed <laughs> during the meandering speech? There's nothing like crisp winter morning <laughs> to get you juiced up and ready to rock. Point is, I think there was there for sure what, you know, this was the work of Donald Trump. Now, what happened next and what we're hearing right now when we tape this is that Nancy Pelosi has said, you know, either you do the 25th Amendment. Yes, or she's going to move forward with impeachment. Pence has seems to have really abandoned Trump at this point, right? Well, his chief of staff, Mark Short, was banned from the White House last night. What does that mean? They revoked his his hard pass. Wow. Trump is done with Pence. Right. I mean, basically, the Senate was so sort of scared and Congress was so scared by this that they certified the election in the middle of the night, which is both good for democracy, but also probably a sign of just how how bad things are. Don't you think, Rick? It was a bad sign for democracy that the seat of our legislative branch was invaded by armed terrorists yesterday. It is a bad sign for democracy that the people that organized it and encouraged it were also in the chamber that night, last night, standing in that chamber, pretending like nothing had happened. It is a bad sign for democracy that Kevin McCarthy, that chicken shit dummy, and by the way, Kevin McCarthy is the Louis Gohmert of the slow coaches of, of Congress. He's not a bright guy, okay? He's an affable guy. He's a friendly guy. He's not a bright guy. But the fact that Kevin McCarthy has not said to his caucus, all right, I'd rather not be minority leader. 
And have you guys embraced this bullshit conspiracy crap? But he's got Matt Gates and Gomer and Jordan and every other and Bobert and all the other morons that are that are in the Trump caucus. They're out there right now trying to retcon history and say, oh, well, it was Antifa that snuck in. Those people were MAGA people. Those were those were radical leftist Soros supporters. Those were Black Lives Matter people. Those were those were those filthy communists. He still gets a major role as speaker to say the words. All right, Matt Gates. One more fucking word out of you on this, and you're going to be on the on the Marine Fisheries Committee. So AOC called for Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley to both be expelled from the Senate. Do you guys think that should happen as well? Do you think other people should be thrown out as well? Well, listen, the, the, the amazing thing is to expel someone from the Senate, <laughs> it only takes two-thirds okay <laughs> there are 50 democrats right. but you don't think you could get 16 republicans to expel <laughs> ted cruz from the senate <laughs> i mean look it might be a little tougher with some of the other people but ted cruz i mean they'd ex- if the vote came down to it especially if it was a secret ballot shit it'd be like 99 to 1 yeah yeah so oh, ted cruz wow. would probably vote against himself <laughs> The vote counter is all confused. Like, why is there a ballot from a fat Wolverine? (laughs) (laughs) God. Josh Hawley really did just do this as a craven opportunist. Look, Josh Hawley is... From Missouri. Who doesn't, who hasn't ever lived in Missouri. Right. He lives in the great state of Virginia. Right. So y'all are all aware. Josh Hawley is a very strong exemplar of what I warn about all the time. That the next iteration of Trumpism will not be as crude and japish and moronic as this generation. The next generation of Trumpism will be slick and smart and have good credentials and have a degree from an Ivy, and it will look a lot different, but it will be worse and more evil and darker and more dangerous. And that's Josh Hawley. Because even after last night, even after yesterday, that motherfucker still went on the floor of the United States Senate and kept playing the game. He kept playing the game. And I, I, I got to tell you, just as a quick aside, when 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 my when my when my boys and I at the Lincoln Project start to really get a hate on my boys and girls at the Lincoln Project get a hate on for somebody, as you all may have noticed, it is without boundaries. And Josh Hawley is doing what the Germans did in World War One. They said, "Well, fuck you. We're going to engage in unrestricted submarine warfare in the North Atlantic. We're going to sink everything, right? Civilians, military, commercial, whatever. We're going to sink it all. You want to play that game? Well, let's fucking play that game, Josh." Because he is a very ambitious young man. He wants a lot out of this life, a lot out of this world. But he's going to find that people who give him money now are going to be very heavily targeted. People that support him are going to be very heavily targeted. We're not just going to go at him. He is now enemy number one uh, in my in my personal view of the future of freedom and the future of this country in a meaningful way. He is a slick fascist. He is a well-dressed, ivy credentialed fascist. But he is still a motherfucking fascist. And as a member of Antifa, um, just so just, just to admit it right here now, I am a member of Antifa. I am anti-fascist. And I prefer my fascists to be in the format and modality that usually is the end of these conflicts rather than at the beginning. And so that I can say, I don't want to get beat today, I will just leave it right there. <laughs> Did you ever think that there would be a world where Josh Hawley is more of a fascist than Tom Cotton? 
It is difficult to imagine, isn't it? Right? I mean, we I had Tom Cotton on my bingo card as, like, scary fascist more than a Josh Hawley. Well, you know, at some point deep in his deep in his crusty little soul, Tom Cotton said, fuck, I'm not going to be a part of this bullshit. Um, and you saw a number of the other ones last night doing the same thing. One of my favorite Twitter interactions in my decade on Twitter now was last night I tweeted, oh, Lizzie's trying to get his soul back. Isn't that cute? And the tweet of God replied, I'd never give him his soul back. His soul is in heaven now. It has a husband and two kids and is happy. <laughs> so while we're on happy news, we've not got to do a celebratory victory dance about winning the Senate down in Georgia. And I have to say, as a Jew, just for a second, who comes from a family of people who went down to the South to do civil rights, there is something, you know, my grandparents and they were friends with, you know, Adam Goodman. My grandmother had an affair mm-hmm. with Adam mm-hmm. Goodman's father. Supposedly, I don't know, maybe it's not true. There was a lot of affairs. But they, you know, as a Jew who who has really been very connected always with, you know, the quest for civil rights, it's pretty exciting to send a Jew and an African-American to the Senate from a, a southern state that used to be part of the Confederacy. I mean, it, it doesn't get much better than that. No, it, it really doesn't. And there's a degree to which sending the, the first Jewish American uh, and the first African-American senator from Georgia at the end of this era. Yeah, and the end of Trumpism. At the end of the Trump era is a beautiful sort of moment. Yeah. And while that campaign was as close as it needs to ever get, because it really was as close as it could ever get. <laughs> you were a little nervous. Listen, and I told you for weeks, you kept yeah. asking me, what do you think? What do you think? I kept saying, ah, it's fucking close. And I, I, you know, it's, it's going to be really close. It's going to be half a point one way or the other. Sure enough, half a point, luckily, in the right direction. Out of recount. Out of recount, yep. Yeah, that's what And, like. you know, and it's funny, somebody brought up uh, uh, Leo Frank, who was a Jewish guy who was lynched. 1913. It's 1913, okay, in Atlanta. I have to say, you know, it is something that, that is underappreciated uh, about the Klan, about the equal opportunity of their hate. You know, in the Deep South, they hated black people, uh, you know, at a, at a pretty high level. Yeah. Just after that, Jews and Catholics were right after it. Yeah. They were not fans. I also think we've just come from this terrible period of, and for me, what's been one of the worst things about Trumpism has been the Jews who have supported Trump, right? Because it's just so perverse. And as someone who grew up, you know, a Jewish liberal, forever and ever and ever, the message was the people who come for African Americans are the same people who will come for you. Right. So to see that was very terrifying. I grew up in Tampa, Florida, of all places, which was a hotbed of the Klan in the nineteen, the teens, twenties, and thirties uh, in, in the Deep South. And there was a, a book about it one time I read. It, and it, the thing that struck me hardest was there was a year where they killed more Catholics and Jews. They lynched more Catholics and Jews in one year in this one area than they did African Americans. And I was just like, that is some equal opportunity hate, you know. And I noticed yesterday they were putting a cross up on the south capitol uh when they were <laughs> when they were there for their little uh, wee coup invasion and a person a friend of mine texted me he said he said either they're going to worship there or they're looking forward to burning it this evening <laughs> yeah oh, God. yeah it's really scary 
So, Rick, now that the Democrats have won this Georgia race, I want to revisit a thought that you expressed that got a lot of listeners up in arms. Yeah. You had expressed that Joe Manchin may possibly get bribed by Mitch McConnell to go over to the other side. Yeah, he might. And why would Joe Manchin do that when he would just probably get primaried out of office if he was a Republican? He just got reelected. Mitch McConnell would choke the life out of any human being that went up against a, a guy he flipped. And people should be wary of that. I don't want to, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to make sure that everybody keeps in mind that Mitch McConnell is five foot two Satan. <laughs> is he really only five two? I don't know how tall he is. He's not, he's not, he's not that, he's not that tall though. I'm five ten, and he's definitely shorter than me. But don't you think Elaine Chow, like he is done with Donald Trump. If his wife is resigning from the cabinet, it's over. Look, I think it is over, but here's the thing. The minute Trump's out, what does Mitch McConnell have? He's the minority leader right now. What does he want to be the majority leader again? Right. So no one should underestimate that Mitch McConnell is not ideological. Mitch right. McConnell is driven by transactional power politics. Right. And so if Mitch McConnell was told, hey, you have to go on the steps of the Capitol and hold up a live baby and eat it on television, you know what he would do? He'd say, I'd like some of that Duke's mayonnaise to go with that live baby because he would eat a live baby on television to maintain power. There's nothing he will not do to get that majority leader position back. So people need to understand that if you give Joe Manchin excuses to leave, he will take them. You really think so? I really think so. Look, always look for the weakest spot on your enemy's deck. Okay. That's where you should shoot the cannon fire. If Joe Manchin is given the chance to say, well, I couldn't kill off West Virginia's economy by, by because they were insisting I buy the green into the Green New Deal or whatever. And I, look, and I know people are going to hate that. They're going to say, well, we can't let one person hold us hostage. We can't let one person keep the whole, you know, the wheels of progress from turning. Just be smart about it. Just time your shit properly. Just give people give people room to maneuver because, and I say this to my progressive friends with great love, it's 50-49. Right. Okay. Right. You don't have 60 votes. You're not going to overcome the filibuster. You're not going to undo the filibuster. It's not going to happen. And so you still have to make deals and do things that make sense. There is a cohort of Republicans in the Senate that can be very agreeable, that can be smart. There are many of them that are going to be trying to do some penance after the last four years. Right. So take advantage of it and but don't alienate them. Be yeah. smart about it. So you don't go in and say, we're passing the Green New Deal tomorrow. Fuck you, all in, all energy sector jobs. You know, we probably would have won Pennsylvania by 100,000 more votes if energy workers and, and fracking stuff, that message actually was working for Trump. Right. And because people are not sophisticated. They don't dig through it. They just know, oh, fracking means jobs in my area. Americans are terrible at thinking about consequences over time. Yes, we're aware. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of trouble with that. Really? Like, Tell me more. Like understanding the, the expectations, choices, and consequences matrix. So, by the I way, can I, just, can I bring up one other thing that's just delighted me today? Please. They have cut Donald Trump's balls off by taking him off Facebook. And Twitter, too. Well, he's, he's suspended. Oh, he's suspended for 12 hours. Facebook and Instagram took him off. Twitter has him they're deciding apparently they had a board meeting today yeah they have a board meeting this afternoon i can't imagine they'll let him back if facebook isn't letting you can't be worse than facebook facebook's letting him hold it freezing him for two weeks until biden is sworn in there's a lot of opportunity here for our social media world to 
have a moment of sanity and respite. Yeah. The deep breath we're allowed to take by Trump being off Facebook, it immediately is going to take a gigantic amount of wind out of the sails of this hamster wheel of propaganda and incitement, agitation and violence and bullshit. It's going to immediately draw down some of the venom in that yeah. world. Because look, let's let's face it, they're not all going on parlor or gab or rumble or whatever the fuck <laughs> what's rumble it's dan bongino's youtube alternative He'll oh crush my YouTube. god Jesus. you know it, 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 you know and maybe he will because after that after all dan bongino crushed the drudge report man he, he like drudge is no longer oh wait, wait what <laughs> <laughs> dan bongino watches the bongino report which is going to be the Drudge Report, because Drudge Report just wasn't Trumpy enough for him. Yeah, that's good. And, the Bongino um, Report. Yeah, yeah. And Matt Drudge like rolls over and farts in his sleep and gets more hits than Dan Bongino. <laughs> Michael Cohen is the former personal attorney to disgraced President Donald J. Trump and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Disloyal, and the host of the podcast, Mia Culpa. Well, folks, welcome to The New Abnormal. We've got a very special guest today. It's Michael Cohen, a man who knows Donald Trump more and better than almost anyone on earth. And I'm sorry for that. <laughs> it's a lot of, it, it's, it's a heavy burden sometimes, I'm sure, Michael. But Michael, welcome to, the, uh, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much. And it's good to be here. Michael, where do you think his head is at right now? With after what happened yesterday? Well, I think right now Donald Trump is terrified and angry all at the same time. My understanding is that he's walking around the White House right now, angry, brooding, basically attacking anyone and everyone for not just this loss, but the current predicament that he's currently in. Right. So it can never be his fault, right? It's got to be somebody else's fault. He didn't do this. It's of course. Donald Trump is incapable of error. Don't you know? Haven't you learned that at least in the last four years? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. For sure. I mean, just I want you to think about something. Just watching him, right, clinging to this growing desperation to anyone or anything that will keep him in power, no matter how insane or how dangerous it is, it's really beyond, certainly it's beyond the protection of his executive privilege and and he's so scared right now that he's actually attacking his own government. I mean, think about it. You even have now, uh, what's her name, Cho, who's walked away. Everybody seems to be resigning as if that's going to give them right the opportunity to save their soul or to acknowledge some wrongdoing or basically save their reputations. Well, let me... Let me warn them and the Mick Mulvaney's of the world and all of the other assholes that have jumped ship at the end of the day. Here's the truth and here's the bottom line. Nothing that they can ever do will get them welcomed back into any, certainly any blue state, but actually into society that they came from. Because me personally, I would never want to see somebody like them in my, in my presence. They have behaved in such a reckless and a damaging way to the democracy of this country that they're going to need to basically stay with themselves and their family. And that's actually my hope for all of them, that the rest of their lives, they have to pay for the damage that they've done. Michael, I think, you know, you, you've experienced like the, the high of being like in that inner orbit and the low of having, you know, having your life destroyed by, by the things that this guy, 
you know, compromise you on into doing and, and the way that, that, that you got dragged down. You've seen it firsthand. You like no, almost no, no one else has seen just how destructive and how he does not have any emotional connection to anybody else and will burn anyone to the ground. How is it these people don't realize that at this point? How is it they cannot understand it? I and mean, it baffles me every day. I still ponder it. Like, how the fuck did they not figure this out? Yeah, I, look, Donald Trump, as far as I'm concerned, creates a very clear and present danger to this nation. And I mean, it should really be obvious to everyone that's listening to this podcast. He has no remorse. He has no empathy. There is no depth to the limit to which he will sink in order to hold on to power. Now, I will tell you what I think in this specific case. I truly think that this was a play by Donald Trump that if he got away with what it was that he was looking to do, that he would actually become an autocrat. He would become the Vladimir Putin of the United States of America. Oh, absolutely. I think that was the goal for sure. That was the goal. And the fact that he failed and failed so miserably now he knows that he's going to be dealing with the various litigations that will be ensuing against him and his family, but he doesn't even care about them. It's about him and his eponymous company. So where does he go next, Michael? Well, hopefully it's to Leavenworth, uh, but <laughs> where does he go now? <laughs> you know, on my, on my podcast, Mea Culpa, I talk about Mar-a-Lago, and I don't call it Mar-a-Lago anymore. Because Donald Trump is going to need to be the ruler or the dictator of some country. And he will try to turn Mar-a-Lago into its own country, which I always term as Magistan. And his MAGA <laughs> army can show up there and they could sit there with their flags. They could sit there with their T-shirts and their stupid, ugly red Donald Trump hats with the goddamn rope that goes across. I mean, if that's not the fucking ugliest hat that you've ever seen. And yet they sold millions of them. Which goes Billions. to show you that not only that not only do his supporters not think straight, they also have terrible style. <laughs> <laughs> How do we get him out of the White House on January 20th? Yeah, that you're not going to have to worry about. One thing that Trump knows is that he is, he's not the president come January 20th. And he is fully aware that if, in fact, he's occupying the White House after the inauguration of Joe Biden, that the Washington police, that the Capitol police, that they know how to deal with intruders, that you can rest assured. So I don't believe that he will even be in Washington at that time. I believe he goes right back to Magistan and he sits there and he whines and he complains every single day to anyone that will listen to him. And unfortunately, it's more people than you would think about how the election was stolen from him, that he is actually the president of this country at the moment, that he is the ultimate and supreme ruler of this country. And anybody who says anything different is no longer invited to come to Magistan for Mar-a-Lago burgers and shrimp cocktail. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I think that's, Michael, I think you, you you nailed it right on the head there. This is a guy who who will always rewrite every story. He will always rewrite history. He will always claim he won and it was just ripped off from him and it was stolen by George Soros or whatever other imaginary demon he's got in his head that day. You know, this is a giant fundraising operation he's built. This 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 email system that he's got is a giant fundraising scam of the highest order. He's going to keep trying to claim he's going to run for president again. He's going to keep talking about how he was stolen, ripped off. And at some point, He's going to have to make a decision if he's really going to run in 22 or 24, excuse me. And I know he's going to be close to 80 years old at that point, but 
What do you think the odds are that he, that I have to think that he's just going to bullshit and raise money off of it? But what do you think the odds are that he f- finds himself in a position where he, he runs again in 24? Zero. So I think he's going to be bombarded by so much litigation, whether it's by Tish James, the New York attorney general, or Cyrus Vance Jr., the DA here in New York, or any of the other multitude of attorney generals, the DAs throughout this country that have actions against him or will bring actions against him based upon the fraud that he has committed in so many states, whether it's going to be you know, financial crimes, whether it'll be uh, criminal, um, you know, so whether it's civil or criminal, I do not know. Um, but mm-hmm. he's not going to run in 2024. And I've made this very clear where <laughs> it's not what's happening here. What's happening here is he's always intended on creating his own news network. Trump News Network, which is why he's now going so he's going so hard against Fox News. The only people that put up with his bullshit and his lies for the last four years, whether it's the New York Post or whether it's, you know, whether it's Fox News Channel, they have promoted his misinformation and disinformation campaign because it suited their bottom line. Well, now he's coming. He's coming against them and he's looking to take Fox News's audience away and to bring it to Trump News Network for $4.99 a month. Now, let me just tell you the mindset of this man. How many times has Donald Trump told you, I have 100 million, I have 100 million followers, 100 million followers. I have the biggest Twitter follower, right? And the truth of the matter is in his mind, he thinks he's bigger than the New York Times. He thinks he's bigger than Fox. He thinks he's bigger than MSNBC and CNN and everybody combined. What he is accurate about is not that he's bigger because he mistakenly believes that he has 100 million supporters. He may have 100 million followers, but many of those followers just want to say, hey, Donald, you orange-crusted schmuck, all right? Go after yourself. That's really what a lot of people you know, use Twitter for. But what he does have is a good percentage of that number, say 20%, right? That's 20 million supporters. And mm-hmm. of that 20 million, how many of them are willing to subscribe at four ninety nine a month to Trump News Network. And I think nothing. the answer is, it's, by the way, if he gets those 20 million, that's 100 million a month. And he's, that's a billion to a year that he's going to create some partnership with the likes of Chris Ruddy of Newsmax or OANN, mm-hmm. where he'll use their platform. He'll bring on the likes of a Sean Hannity or a Tucker Carlson or, you know, Megyn Kelly that all of a sudden, after all the shitty things he's done to her, comes to kiss his fat ass. I mean, I don't understand what people are thinking anymore. And I don't understand why they don't see Donald Trump for who he is after so many of us that actually know him have given specifics that Donald Trump is a racist. Donald Trump is a sexist. He's a misogynistic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, homophobic, anti-Semite. That's just who he is. So if this is the man that you're going to look up to, I think you actually need to put some visine in your eyes and see the man clearly for who the hell he is. Because this is no joke. And I'll tell you, what scares me the most is with less than two weeks left in this you know, terrible Donald Trump reign, Donald seems determined to do as much damage as possible on his way out of office. And I said, and I said it on um, one of the MSNBC programs, I think maybe with Ari Melber, that Donald Trump would rather burn down the White House than turn over the keys, than turn over the keys to Joe Biden. Because in his mind, Joe Biden is a loser and he's a winner. 
And the fact that actually Joe Biden is the winner and he's the loser is something his fragile ego cannot contend with. So what do you think happens now? In terms of in terms of what? I think he will do as much damage on the way out as he possibly can. So does Trump go to Mar-a-Lago or does he just stay until January 19th? Well, no, I think he goes to Mar-a-Lago. When? I'm not exactly sure. I'm not his, you know, social secretary, right? <laughs> or his um or his travel agent. But he definitely will not be in D.C. on the 20th. That's certainly for sure. But here's the big problem. As the president of Magistan, Donald Trump doesn't need to be in D.C. to blow the dog whistle, right? And to gaslight these supporters that think it's okay to act in the manner that they did yesterday. Smashing windows, knocking down doors, you know, trying to disrupt a Capitol meeting. I mean, who the hell do they think that they are, that they have the right to do this? And all they and they're all doing it right in order to appease Donald Trump's fragile ego. What? Michael, I mean, like a lot of people who who find themselves under extreme stress, Donald Trump is increasingly unable to like it, it, it keeps reminding me of Bernie Madoff. You know, when the guy when you when you study it, the guy at the end of the Ponzi scheme is always desperately flailing, trying to find one last you know, tranche of money, one more scam to pull off. There's a breaking point for everybody, even for Trump. It really feels like we're almost there. I mean, he, see, he seems very much unstable at this point. How much do you think there's a chance that he just absolutely like, cracks in the next 14 days? Well, I think very much it's a good possibility. I mean, I've often said Donald Trump has become a presidential golem. Right. A monster of yeah. our own creation. And we are <laughs> responsible for the creation of this monster. Right. We all are, especially the media, because they covered him with such intensity. And each and every time he said something more and more fucking abysmal, more and more divisive, more and more racist and sexist and xenophobic, the more that they covered him. And it started with the lies about Barack Obama and it continued. Right. right. All the way to the women that are making allegations against him. It continued to the election fraud. It continued to everything. And they cover it with such intensity, with such intensity mm-hmm. that it's it fuels Donald Trump's own internal fire. And we created a monster, myself included. Do you think that Donald Trump is mentally ill and more so than he was before because it seems to me over since he's lost the election he has pretty much not even made this sort of tableau of governing anymore i'm not a psychiatrist but donald trump probably could have and should have used one long before i started working for him in 2007 look donald trump was always an asshole I got to be very honest with you from even before I started working for him. But he was a different type of an asshole. This is different. What we did at the Trump Organization, I mean, the notion that people will even turn around and say, yeah, but you went to prison. You were a bad guy. You worked for him. I did work for him. And what did I do? I paid $130,000 you know, to keep quiet the fact that the president got his pecker pulled by a porn star. Seriously? And you want to compare that to the seditious acts of these proud boys of the Wolverine um, Watchmen and all these other crazy groups, right, that are out there breaking down, you know, doors and storming the Capitol? I mean, this is this is you can't compare the two. And Donald Trump at the same point in time was a very different guy. He was 
a microcosm of the real estate industry just in New York. Forget about the country. Right. right? And yeah, we did. Yes, I did shitty things for him. But do you see him getting worse? He is worse. When he left and became president of the United States, he was, for the most part, the same Donald Trump. And many of us that were behind him had hoped and prayed that he would act in a way where he would elevate himself to the you know, to the office of the presidency instead of debase the office of the presidency to act like he's the president of the Trump organization, if that makes any sense to you. He has become the worst version of himself. And it is terrifying and should be terrifying because there are that many people out there that still listen to him. Now, I know he's talked about that he was going to do the million Trump march and all that stuff. And what, 30,000 to 25,000 people showed up? I mean, mm-hmm. that's not a million people, though he'll tell you that there were more than a million people that were there. Of He's course. delusional. <laughs> the guy is freaking delusional, and he cannot handle, and it goes right back again to his fragile ego, he cannot handle the fact that he lost. He cannot handle what is going to be coming against him now that he has lost the power of the executive office to stop litigation against him. And this is terrifying to him. And Donald Trump is not somebody that has ever in his entire life taken responsibility for his own dirty deeds. And at the age of 75, 76, whatever he's at now, it's the first time in his life that he has to take responsibility for his own dirty deeds. And he doesn't have anyone around him that either cares enough about him or is capable of doing that. I mean, don't think, for example, Mark Meadows is capable of anything. Mark Meadows may be the dumbest fucking guy in all of Washington. I mean, mean, let's, let's, let's be serious, right? He's got a group of... He's got a group of sycophants who are basically incapable of managing their own life. I mean, think about Mark Meadows, for God's sakes. And now he's giving the Medal of Freedom to guys like Jim Jordan. Really? Right? Now he wants to give three of them to three golfers. I mean, the guy is truly an idiot. He's truly an idiot. and He's making a bigger spectacle and a fool of himself each and every day. So you have made the arc of discovery and and pain and reformation on the Trump thing more vividly and more more painfully than almost anybody. You saw this from the very inside, and you you have suffered greatly for it, and you have you have turned yourself in a very different direction in the world. I have to ask you, how do you think he's going to do when it comes down to the fact he's going to get prosecuted in New York and elsewhere for bank fraud, tax fraud, and all this stuff? How do you think he's going to? I mean. At some point, you can't live in the, the, the fantasy bubble anymore. And, you, get, and you, you just realize, hey, I'm about to get fucked by the law, and it's not going to change. I mean, you, you must have had that moment where you realize, like, oh, shit, this is real, and I'm, and I'm fucked. How do you think he's going to react when he really understands that he's actually done? Well, hence why I'm saying he's walking the White House brooding and scared and angry. And those are for all the reasons why. Uh, He knows that he is going to have to pay the piper for his dirty deeds. Now, you know, he does have people telling him, you know, Mr. President, you're not going to ever go to prison. It's it's unconscionable that they would ever think about incarcerating a former president. It creates all sorts of problems for, you know, peaceful transfers of power from one party to another. Right. Um, I think he's wrong about it. He is such an anomaly 
right, in every aspect of being a president, that I think that, God willing, Merrick Garland becomes the attorney general who is a bipartisan, you know, he's a bipartisan guy. I believe that they have no other choice but to prosecute him, Don Jr., Eric, Alan Weisselberg, the CFO of the Trump Organization, Jared Kushner, his entire I believe that they have no choice but to do it because what will ultimately happen, and this happens all the time when there's a change of administrations, there are emails that are on the system. There are, you know, um, documents and recordings in the system that will show that Donald Trump did not act as a president on behalf of the country, but he was actually acting on behalf of himself and his company. And Kushner was doing the exact same thing. And that's what we're going to ultimately find out. And they're going to have to prosecute because it's so egregious on so many levels. You know, the, the idea that the, the idea that that Trump somehow thought that the presidency would leave him permanently immune to prosecution. It just makes me smile every day because these state charges, these state charges on bank fraud, tax fraud and everything else, they're not going away. You're you're absolutely right, Michael. They're, <laughs> they're going to ride him like a pony. Do you think Trump knows it's over now? No, I don't. I actually think that he's delusional at this point. The anger has really um, created something in his head where he legitimately believes that the election was stolen from him. He believes that he will be the rightful president, even though it was it's always tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Right. So January 6th was the date that I show the world that I'm still the president. I'm going to be he is going to continue the same narrative over and over. And I used to believe that that narrative was simply to fleece more and more hundreds of millions of dollars out of these unsuspecting supporters. Right. That's what I thought. But after listening to that Georgia phone call, I am certain that Donald Trump is psychotic right now, and he is in a place deeper and in more despair than he has ever been. I talk a lot about this in my book, in Disloyal, where I talk about Donald Trump being a narcissistic sociopath. And the fact that when you do something like this to a narcissistic sociopath, someone who believes that they are above everyone else, that there is no possibility that he could ever create a single error Obviously, you've seen in the four plus years that he's been on this um, on this trip that Donald Trump has yet to apologize for anything because Donald Trump cannot make an error. Well, what happens now when you're confronted with your demon, right, that comes back and it's staring you in the mirror and it's your own reflection showing that you are actually a fucking loser, right, and that and that your entire company is going to be dismantled because Donald Trump and his company are synonymous. He believes that as a billionaire, that he is uh-huh. <laughs> right, that he is the second coming of Christ. And, you know, when he finally realizes that Joe Biden is being sworn in, this is going to be a really ugly time in America, even after he leaves. So you think he will just continually try to overthrow the Biden presidency? I think he's going to be a thorn in um, President-elect Biden's ass for many years to come. He's going to try to do to Biden what he thinks he did to Obama. And he still, despite the fact that you may say or others may say that Obama didn't care about anything that Donald Trump said, I'm not 100 percent certain that that's true. 
but I don't believe that he was as much on Obama's mind as Donald Trump would like you to believe, right? So Donald will now, again, play to his supporters, which, you know, are many millions. He will constantly play to them, seeking more and more money. You know, the funny thing is, since all of this crazy shit has been happening, the more, you know what's been the craziest hmm. thing about it is people who are Republicans, people who I know, friends of mine, who receive emails and texts from the Trump campaign have received five times more requests for money now than they did before. Oh, it's sure. Every 15, 20 minutes. Hey, we need $30. Hey, we need $5. Be one of the first 30,000 people to send $1. I mean, they're just going all out to fleece people during the worst time in American history with this pandemic where nobody has any money. And all the rich people that were basically supporting him because, of course, they were supporting themselves. They've all now jumped ship. Wow, Donald who? Donald. Donald who? Right? now, nah, no more money for Donald. I have, I have Trump fatigue. I'm done giving more money to him. Well, Michael, you, you have been through the ringer, brother. Yeah. And I will just say this, Michael. All the pain you've been through, you're about to watch that motherfucker suffer in ways that he has never imagined in his life. I know that doesn't undo it all. It does not. Because the pain that this man... And this situation has caused to my family. I believe you, brother. It's soul-wrenching. It doesn't just break your heart. It shreds your soul. Before we get into things, we have a fun little treat. There are so many insane things happening in the world right now, and two episodes a week just aren't enough to cover it all. So, The New Abnormal is going to release a limited-run series of bonus interviews over the next few weeks for Beast Inside members only. We'll release a new one each Sunday, but listen carefully. Only Beast Inside members will have access to these. So, head over to thenewabnormal.thedailybeast.com to become a Beast Inside member now. That's newabnormal.thedailybeast.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Uh, James Carville is a democratic institution and a veteran of countless campaigns, and he's going to talk to us about the latest news and all of the fuckery. So, James, the last time you were on was the day after Election Day, and this is what you said. If, if you would have said, you're going to have the biggest election in your lifetime, and when you're an old man, and I'll tell you two things even better. You're going to win the popular vote, and you're going to win the Electoral College vote, but the deal is, you're going to feel like shit. <laughs> 
James, how do you feel today? I, 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 well, I felt great Tuesday night. I, I got a, uh, I got my vaccine on Tuesday Tuesday night. Oh, good, because you were a national treasure. So this makes me very happy. And I did MSNBC. You know, it, was, it was late, and I got I, I drank about three quarters of bourbon. I go to bed at like three <laughs> thirty. I got up at eight, and I'm sitting in my chair. I said, "You know, I'm having some reaction to this vaccine. I don't feel very good." And so you got to hang Jesus. Let's talk about Georgia. What, what, how do you feel about Georgia? Ecstatic. Yeah. I'm really ecstatic. And I, as I pointed out, Trump went to Dalton, which is in Whitfield County. And actually, Ossoff ran about a tenth of a point ahead of Biden. Right. And the turnout in Whitfield County was below the state average. So he, he, he lost big time. He didn't even get it done in his visit. And, you know, I just I had fun. You know, sticking that shit in it. But but it was good. I mean, it's uh, you know, the Democratic Party can't be any more liberal than Joe Manchin. So I don't know what people, are, you know, <laughs> where we are. So what do you think happens now? Besides, I mean, do we first of all, Trump leaves office theoretically. What should Biden get going on? If Biden does three things, all achievable. All achievable. The first thing is, is Merrick Garland, that the only pages that Merrick Garland needs to turn are the pages in the federal criminal code. All right. Okay, let's hear it. That, that, that's the first thing you have to do. The second thing I have to do is get this guy, Mr. Zients, who everybody says is a very competent, talented guy, and call him in and say, in, in the next 60 days, we got to have a 50% better production and distribution of the vaccine. That yeah. Whatever you need. You got. Right. And the third thing, he needs to sit Joe Manchin down and said, I need two and a half trillion dollars worth of infrastructure to get started. Write down the five things you want in West Virginia. Yeah. And let's start pouring concrete and, you know, doing all the stuff that we need to do as a country. And if he does those three, he's going to be fine. So infrastructure, vaccines, and, and what's the first one? And enforcing, enforcing the federal criminal code. Against Trump. In other words, indict him and convict him. Do you see that happening? Because I feel like Biden is not a big indicter. Well, if they say they're not going to look at him, I'm going to resign from the Democratic Party. I okay. Will. I will change my resolution. I can't be a member of a political party that is tolerant of mass criming. Yeah. Just, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. And I, I mean, there's I don't know how many. I think I think I think Garland and Biden will. I really do. Good. And, and I think with Trump's. All of this, what we're seeing is, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I know this is called phobia, fear of being incarcerated. Right. And that's what's driving this behavior. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. That's why he's, I mean, even by his standards, he's he's extra nutty. What do you think about, like, I see infrastructure seems like an easy win. What should Biden stay away from? Is Joe Manchin sort of holding this whole thing hostage because he's not very liberal? Without him, they're out of votes. Right. I no, mean, no, it, I know. It, it, it's math. Yeah. And I, look, and I, I know Senator Manchin. He's, you know, I, I know these guys. He's actually a, a Democrat. He, he had every, if he wanted to be a Republican, they would have let him, that have given him that Senate seat for life. Yeah. All right. Now, you know, he's got a lot of chips and. I mean, Mark Warren, I know Governor Warner well, he's, he's not he's not the most, you know, he's definitely a Democrat, but he's, he's certainly not the most liberal guy I've ever known. From Arizona, Christian Sinema. Yeah. 
he's hardly a, a, a flaming lefty. <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, hip and looper. Yeah, yeah. They're just not. It, They're it, not that left. Fantasies on yeah. both the right and the left about what this what this Congress can or will do. Yeah. Now they'll do a lot. Don't get me wrong. Right. Which is a lot of power, as we've seen from Mitch over the last four years. Right. And, you know, Mitch's mausoleum and uh, right. all kinds of stuff. <laughs> exactly. That, that they could have brought up that would have passed, but he wouldn't bring it up. So that's going to change a, a good bit. I mean, look, the world is infinitely better for Chuck Schumer today than it was, you know, Monday. Yeah. And all of Biden's uh, cabinet will sail through now. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably shoot one. You know, or two. I mean, it just something <laughs> come up. I mean, it, I, I presume you know something always happens. I mean, there's gonna be you know somebody's gonna send a text to some <laughs> man, and you know, gonna be unacceptable. The shift I saw for people like Mitt Rom—not um, Mitt Romney, because Mitt Romney's been pretty consistent—but like people like Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham, it was like they complete. In my mind, it was like. They were scared. Shit, everybody was scared. You'd have been scared if you'd have been there too. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I mean, for about way back, Senator McConnell's wife resigned. Yeah. Today, which ought to give you a pretty good indication of what he thinks about it. I mean, I, 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 I really, and any number of people called me. I, I literally cried yesterday. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe it. My children, I can't believe people were seeing this. I mean, the people that were just. Like just friends of mine, not Washington types, they just couldn't believe it. Yeah, and they're gonna jail every one of these people if they don't all go to the penitentiary. I, I can't tell you how many federal criminal statutes you violate when you do something like that, and they have all that facial. The FBI is gonna get them all. Yeah, and they're gonna put them away, and they need to. This is just a pack of common criminals. You know how secure the Capitol is. Why do you think it got so out of control? Well, uh, I'll give you theories. One of the theories is is that every, you know, completely nutty person within a 300-mile radius of Washington came. It, from, and I don't know the difference between Proud Boys and the plans of the neo-Nazis and everything, but, I mean, they, 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 if you were a highly motivated person, if you came to Washington, and these are people that are, frankly, prone to, to violence. Now, there are some people that think that maybe certain elements of the Capitol Police were less than vigilant. You know, you don't get to congressmen hiding on the floor of their office worried they're going to be shot to death without a lot of mistakes happening along the way. Well, remember, Trump, one of the other reasons he should be impeached this afternoon and convicted, he delayed calling the National Guard up for three hours. Yeah. If it's not an impeachable offense to encourage a mob to interfere with a constitutionally mandated congressional procedure, then there's nothing impeachable. And then him delaying the guard call up. And according to the Philip Rucker, he was enjoying it on TV. That's in the Washington Post. Yeah, no, no, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure that's true. Well, I mean, he's just truly mad. Yeah. And we had Bill Cohen on our podcast yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, the 10 secretaries of defense, and that was instigated by Cheney. Oh, it was? Oh, yeah. Eric Edelman. And I knew, because my wife worked for Cheney. So I knew, I know Ambassador Edelman. He could, you know. Yeah. He was the, he was the wrangler on it. He put them all together. This stuff in Iran, Jesus. What in Iran? 
Well, we had one, we had one aircraft carrier there. The Secretary of Defense, Miller, decided that he was going to announce we were taking the aircraft carrier out because he just wanted to de-escalate it because it's just so freaking white hot. Right. And then 48 hours later, Trump countermands him and ordered the aircraft carrier back. They don't know what they're doing, all right? It is that serious. It is that bad. If we get through to January 20th and there's not some major event over there, I'll, I'll, I'll be surprised. And, of course, the Saudis, that's how Trump gets out of financial trouble. His bank, Deutsche Bank, has fired all of his bankers. Putin doesn't, he, Putin don't give a shit about him. He's in, he's, in, he's in deep trouble. Yeah. I mean, deep trouble. Financial trouble, legal trouble, you name it. When you leave, you can't take it all with you. There's too much evidence in, in, in the government. But they don't tell me what you're going to find out. So, James, what's your sense? Do you think D.C. and Puerto Rican statehood is on the docket? Yes, that's a good question, Jesse. That's like my favorite thing. It's a good question. You'd have to ask Senator Manchin. I, I, my, <laughs> <laughs> the other thing here is he said he's not going to get rid of the filibuster, so that pretty much takes care of that, doesn't it? Yeah, the filibuster, that's not happening, it seems like. Not gonna, he's not going to, he said he's not going to get rid of the filibuster. I doubt if Warner would. And I, I, something tells me there's going to be 41 Republican senators who are not going to like this idea. Yeah. But I do think with Puerto Rican statehood and D.C. statehood, you Mariel Bazaar has been really smart. I mean, she immediately started pushing for that app yesterday. It's a very good idea. Right now, 18 percent of the United States elects 52 senators. That That's a pretty good distortion of democracy. It's not going to happen. You know, we, we, if we don't get, and particularly with, unless Manchin decides that he wants to get rid of the filibuster, uh, get ready for the filibuster for, for D.C. and Puerto Rican statehood, of which they can do. They could do it with 51, you know, with 50 votes plus Harris. And I, I would be totally for it. I think it's a great idea. But now, one of the things we under, remember one of these two seats in Georgia, we got a awfully promising Senate map coming up in 2022. Right, very. Let's assume that most of these economists think that, you know, once Biden, once the vaccine takes hold, that the economy is going to come roaring back. And let's just assume, and the markets are going crazy in a positive way because they think that feds are going to spend more money. And let's assume that the element three of the Carville plan, the, the incarceration inoculation infrastructure, the three I's, and they announce that, maybe they'll have a pretty good year. I mean, who, who knows what's going to happen in two years, but a lot of people think that when the recovery comes, it's going to be so robust, and the thing that kind of convinces me that they might be right is just the high savings rate. Oh, this is a good... Few people have deserved to fuck that guy. I got like 15 different suggestions in my inbox today, Rick Wilson, about fuck that guy. I'm going to go with Mr. Rush Limbaugh as my fuck that guy today. Oh, a fascinating deep cut. How come? Rush Limbaugh today said there are a lot of people calling for an end to the violence. I'm glad Sam Adams, Thomas Paine, and the actual Tea Party guys and the men at Lexington and Concord didn't feel that way. Oh, wow. That's a bad take. That's a bad take. <laughs> That's a bad take. I'm not going to blame the pain medication and everything else. Uh, no, I'm yeah. not. He's just an asshole. Um, Rush, you are today's fuck that guy. My guy's Josh Hawley. Oh, of course. He's the all-time... He, I mean, Josh Hawley's got to go in our, our Hall of Fame, right? Hall of Fame, yeah. I mean, he goes on the calendar when we do our wall calendar of fuck that guy. He's He gets January, <laughs> you know, with his clenched fist. <laughs> 
as he went past. This is a great merch idea. The, right? Seriously. And we, as he went past the protesters with this sort of Che Guevara thing going. Right. Yeah. No, fuck you, Josh Hawley. Go fuck yourself. You know, he thought he would be president in 2024. I hope that he's out of the Senate in 2024. So, Josh Hawley, you are my fuck that guy. I think he's a richly deserved fuck that guy. I'd also like to give a shout out to the Metropolitan D.C. Police Department who is posting pictures yes. on mpdc.dc.gov. You can find the links there or you can just Google it. Uh, they are posting pictures of the various Magi who invaded and besmirched and, and defaced our capital yesterday. And I would like to encourage our, our vast audience of listeners to go there, have a look, and see if you can help the D.C. police identify any of these people. One of them, apparently, and I have not yet confirmed this, but I'm hearing it, my phone's been blowing up while we've been recording this. One of them, apparently, is the deputy director of the Florida Republican Party. Oh, well, we saw it coming. you got to move out of Florida, Rick Wilson. It's time. Well. you got to get out. I'm, I'm considering my options between... Burn Switzerland. Yes. Very nice. Easy to Triana get to. Triana Albania. Albania is the best. Filled with Albanians. <laughs> and you know the Albanian cuisine is a very, is a very is light kind touch. Of, kind of something. Yeah. Something amazing. It's amazing. Anyway, well, folks, uh, just so you can, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you again on next Tuesday. And I just want to remind everybody that he's suspended from Facebook through then. And hopefully, at this point, once the Twitter Forever. board meeting is over, there will be some some uh, amazement and uh, wonder, and uh, we'll go from there. On that note, we'll wrap up this episode of The New Abnormal from The Daily Beast. In future episodes, we'll be talking with smart folks from The Daily Beast and beyond from media, culture, politics, and science who will help us understand what's happening to our country and the world. We hope you'll subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and share the show on social media. We're just getting started and don't want you to miss an episode. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I'm Molly Jongfast and he's the Rick Wilson. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you again on the next episode. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.